More than 40 residents were recently evacuated after a chunk of earth beneath their apartment building gave way. The county fire department surveyed the area with a drone and determined this building was not damaged, so residents could return home, although their backyard is a few feet smaller. So, what is the county and local governments doing about the potential dangers of living in homes along Isla Vista's bluffs? This was discussed at last week's Isla Vista Community Network meeting, where a representative for Supervisor Laura Capps provided this update. Hi, everyone. Eleanor Gartner, District Representative with Supervisor Capps' office at the county. A few quick updates. I had a really successful bluff safety town hall with the IBCSD board earlier this week, um, which was open to the public. Our county's planning and development department presented on their bluff safety monitoring program which um, they go out to properties and along the blocks four times a year to assess for erosion, um, noticing to property owners, um, and then tackling um, cases on a one-by-one basis. And there was a lot of really helpful and informative feedback from the board as well as community members there. Um, So our county planning department is now taking all of that Um, feedback and assessing what can be changed or enhanced in their current bluff monitoring program. So more to come on that. Secondly, later um, next week, our same department planning and development will be presenting to the Isla Vista property owners meeting that's convened by UCSB to discuss the updated railing and fence height um, that was passed by the board um, last year. So we'll be presenting on those requirements and we're hopeful that property owners will take advantage of some fee waivers, um, permit waivers um, for raising fence heights along their properties, all in an effort to make properties safer. Lastly, on our end, same on the bluffs, um, we're hosting a community gathering on Friday, February 23rd from 1 to 2 p.m. at Caps Park in Isla Vista open to all. I hope many of you can join us um, just for updates on our respective bluff safety plans. And we were we're also including our county parks department as well as IBCSD and any other community members who would like to join. Um, This is a community-wide effort to make our bluff safer and we really appreciate all of the widespread support. KCSB News will be at the Supervisor Caps Bluff event this Friday and will bring you any updates on the Bluff situation next week. Isla Vista's local government, the Community Services District, is taking a more proactive approach to notifying re-enters who live in residencies along the Bluffs that have been identified as potential trouble spots. The CSD recently listed the street addresses in an Instagram post. This is because, while property owners are aware of potential risks and dangers, it is not clear whether residents living in these buildings have been informed. Jonathan Abood, general manager of the IVCSD, explained at last week's IVCN meeting what his team is doing to raise awareness of bluff safety and potential trouble spots along Del Playa. IVCSD's done a lot of social media, email outreach. The county has a list of properties that are being monitored. They go post the notices on the doors or the sheriff's office goes post notices on those doors. So there's a lot of outreach that's done to make people aware about cliff safety. There's a renewed effort to educate students and residents about bluff safety after a teenage student from City College died from a bluff fall this school year. 
Concerns around the bluffs involve eroding hillsides with properties along portions of Del Playa getting closer to the cliff edge, as well as aging balconies, which become packed with people at parties. But first, as you have probably heard by now, it's fun drive time at KCSB-FM. It's the one time a year you are invited to show your love for this people-powered radio station. When you donate $50 or more, or $25 for students, you're invited to choose a thank you gift, which which ranges from cool KCSB-branded merchandise to concert and event tickets, music, wine tasting from some of Santa Barbara's favorite vintners, and even a gift card to the Ivy Co-op. But did you know that if you're able to donate $100 or more, you'll be entered in a grand prize drawing for another prize? Yes, it's true. When you donate $100, you have the chance to win one of our grand prizes, which include, drumroll please, an inflatable off-the-grid tent from LifeCube, Inc. in Goleta. You can send it up on the ground, back of the truck, or even on water. Another favorite grand prize is a 12-month pass for two to the Riviera Theater. Who wouldn't want to go to the movies for free anytime they wanted? Or choose a pair of festival passes to Lucidity, Shebang, or Skull and Roses. You can check out all the grand prize offerings and other thank you premiums at kcsb.org slash fundrive when you donate by calling 805-893-2424 or by visiting kcsb.org slash donate. We're closing in on $18,000 but would love to get to $20,000 by today and you can help us get there. Donate to support student and community journalism, which brings us to our next story tonight. That's right. So you may remember that last year in March, there were eviction notices sent out to hundreds of tenants at CBC and the Sweeps, a four-building apartment complex off El Colegio Road that housed not just students, but also the elderly, families, and people in Section 8 housing. The eviction notices were sent by Core Spaces, the building's new owners, who said they needed to do renovations to maintain the integrity of the 60-year-old buildings. Core Spaces faced a lot of criticism from tenants, many of whom were devastated and had their futures upended. I was interested to learn what's happened in the years since those eviction notices were sent out, so I talked to a tenant who's been very active in the fight to protect her neighbors and her home. Here's my conversation with Sam Sapizi. Yeah, my name is Sam Sapizi. Um, I graduated in biopsych from UCSB this summer. And yeah, I'm a resident at CBC in the Sweeps. Now, um, I think they're changing the name to State on Campus or State at Campus Santa Barbara. And when did you first start living at CBC in the Sweeps? Almost four years ago. Um, I moved in uh, probably about three and a half years ago. I moved in August some time ago. Can you sort of fast forward to March 2023? How did you first react when you got this eviction notice? And had you heard about like rent evictions before? Yeah, so I kind of knew it was coming. I knew a little bit like from stories I heard in L.A. where they want to get past California rent caps. So, you know, they kick everyone out, change the stove and the fridge out, invite everyone back for double the rent. So I had heard stories like that. And I think it was January we had like a notice that they needed to enter our apartment for, um, I don't know if it was like for investors, but basically they, we kind of had advanced notice they were selling the building and they didn't tell us anything about eviction. They just, you know, came in, looked through, checked our cabinet, stuff like that. But my intuition then was like, oh crap, like this, this could be bad. And then um, in March, yeah, when we got the notice on our door, it was kind of just confirming that, um, 
what we, or at least what I had expected. Um, unfortunately, most of the neighbors, it hit like, just hit them all at once. They had no idea. And, you know, so many of these neighbors with really young children, it was, it was a horrible day. You just like walk outside and there were just people like in the, the like grassy areas and stuff, just sobbing and crying, freaking out. There are people just talking about trying to move as fast as they could because there's, there's so little housing in Santa Barbara. Like we got to beat everyone to it. You know, I, right after someone took a one bedroom for 4k because they were afraid of it and they, yeah, wouldn't get anything. So it was, um, I think it was a little bit harder for a lot of the um, other tenants here that were just blindsided by it. You're listening to KCSBFM 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Joyce Chi. And I'm Kelly Durock. If you want to support student and community journalism, go online to kcsb.org slash donate. Your suggested donation of $50 or more, or $25 for students, will qualify you to pick up a nice thank you gift from concert tickets to KCSB branded caps, hoodies, and t-shirts. That's kcsb.org slash donate or call 805-893-2424 and you can pledge your support. You make the show possible. Thank you. On today's show, we're bringing you the latest on CBC and the Sweeps, where last year's renovations drew major controversy and criticism. I talked to Sam Sapizi, a tenant at CBC and the Sweeps and an organizer with the Core Spaces Tenant Association, to find out what's happened in the years since eviction notices were sent out. We'll hear more of our conversation in just a minute, but one of the things we talked about was just how acute the housing crisis is here and how companies know students and locals are desperate for housing. Before we get to the second part of the interview, I wanted to ask you, Kelly, how has trying to find housing been so far for you? Nightmare. <laughs> it, it has not been the highlight of my time here. I can definitely say that. Um, finding places for rent that are under like 1100 a month oh is genuinely <laughs> almost impossible. impossible. Yeah. yeah. But no, I totally get that. Um, it's it's so strange because once I started working on this update story, like my building had new owners too, and they're also you know like trying to get some of my neighbors out for like similar reasons, and it's yeah. just so surreal that this is you know not just news that I'm reporting on, but like this is happening to even me now, and I guess it just goes to show how pervasive this problem is, but it's. Such a shame because Isla Vista is such a beautiful place and such a special place and one of the, I think, most unique and iconic college towns. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been so different living in a college. I mean, I live in L.A., so it's uh, like such a weird kind of transition. <laughs> Not a bad one, but an odd one. And um, it's, it's very interesting and it'll be it'll be fun to see how it is to live off campus next year so <laughs> you're only a second year or I'm first, a first, year. first year yeah okay yeah yeah it'll be it'll be interesting yep. but um with that here's the second part of my conversation with sam for the full interview you can check out kcsb news on soundcloud spotify and apple podcasts after tonight's show the core spaces tenant association achieved two major wins in the years since march 2023's evictions firstly amendments to eviction law in santa barbara after March 2023, the Santa Barbara City Council and the Board of Supervisors adopted a Just Cause for Residential Eviction Ordinance, as reported by NewsHawk, a 
Among the most important provisions include requiring landlords to offer no-fault eviction tenants the first right of refusal to release the unit. Additionally, the amendment redefines substantial remodeling as construction done to comply with health and safety codes, not just cosmetic improvements. Landlords must also secure permits needed for this substantial remodeling and serve tenants with copies of these permits. I asked Sam, how did Core Spaces react to these amendments to the Just Cause Law? Oh my goodness, yeah. They basically uh, came out and said it doesn't apply to them. Um, even though written specifically in that law that basically kept our housing, it, it applied during the unlawful dis- detainer stage, right? And no unlawful det- detainers had been sent out, right? So that's what they do. Basically, an unlawful detainer is what they send after their notices. They tell you to get out. You don't get out. They say, okay, here's a UD. Uh, go to court or leave in five days. And then we battle that in court. The With that new law passed, it the reason why it does apply to us is because it applies in the UD stage, the unlawful detainer stage, which CORE had never gotten to. But they pretended that they, I guess, had or that I don't know what they pretended. I then asked Sam about the Tenant Association's recent court victory. I want to say we officially entered unlawful detainer stage. It was like end of November, I think, sometime around there, um, where they posted these like books on our door, basically, which is an unlawful detainer, basically saying, you know, you respond in court in five days or you leave. We are taking you to court. So... Out of the people left, I'm not sure how many people were left at that time, but six of us got those UDs, including myself. And we gave them to our lawyer, Alex, you know, as soon as possible. And we won pretty rapidly on demur. So basically the judge took a look at it and was just like, I mean, I'm no lawyer, so I can't explain the exact, like I can't say the words for it, but it was kind of basically like, no, we're throwing this out. Core Spaces then said they would appeal they didn't appeal. And so what that means is we're all now entitled to a one-year lease. They lost on the UD, meaning we should have never been evicted to begin with, and we get to stay. The UDs initially went out in like end of November, and I want to say we won maybe end of December, early January, sometime around there. It's pretty recently. They still haven't given us new leases, by the way. I don't know what they're doing. I guess they're just waiting on it, or maybe they're trying to like wait for more people to self-evict because the conditions have been so bad that most people can't handle it with their, you know, mental health or their families or everything else. Since Core Space's justification for the eviction notices was renovation, that the 60-year-old buildings of CBC and the Sweeps needed maintenance, I wanted to know, did Core Spaces, in fact, renovate? A little bit. I would say it's improved the buildings a little bit. So basically, they they did do, like, roof replacements. Um, so they were up pounding on the roof, waking you up at 7 in the morning, um, which is fine. No one had to leave for that. No one had to leave their apartment. It was They just got it done and did it. I think they're going to do the parking lot soon. Um, they've closed off. They've put some gates to close off certain entrances and exits, which unfortunately uh, makes it very difficult when we need EMTs or the fire department to come in. But the only renovation, like, I, I mean, I'm out, I'm there every day. I'm outside every day. I, you can see inside the, the apartments that they're doing, which they're starting tours for. Uh, new flooring, paint, new cabinet doors. I think they put a new water, hot water heater in, maybe a new bathtub. And, and they're furnishing them too, because they want to sell them by the bed for $3,800. That would be about it. They, they, I mean, they said we all had to get out. They said they couldn't do this with us here. And they've been doing it since March with us here. So 
And you've had to like live with the all the construction since that time. I, it, that part is really horrible because unfortunately, some of us feel like it might be targeted. I have no way to prove that. We know they don't want us being there. But for example, we've had um, 11 water shutoffs in the past few months. We, a few times we got notice. I think seven of those 11 times we got no notice. I call the office, I email and they say, oh, there's a leak. It, it's it really bad because it's not even just like, oh, we're going to shut off for 30 minutes. It's like, oh, okay, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You're having no water. There's glass everywhere. When they went to replace the windows, they were just bricking them. We can't get mail anymore. I've had to contact USPS multiple times. We've gone weeks with no mail. And USPS told me, well, they changed the locks on the doors. We can't get in. We don't have a, a key that works. I contact management, no response. So, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, God, the list just goes on and on and on. There's another case like of the pool flooding. It's happened at least four times now to my knowledge. The second time it happened, one of the neighbor's apartments on the bottom floor just filled up completely with water. She had to vacate and move to a new unit. And she has a family. And it was just because they weren't maintaining the filters. They weren't cleaning it. So, uh, yeah, that's just a few examples out of probably hundreds. I <laughs> the reason I got in touch with you is because you wrote this Reddit post. And what inspired you to write this post at this moment? I'm angry and more angry than ever. Um, I mean, I had been planning to, like, obviously get the word out to the community. Because, again, I've, I've started seeing the touring and people, you know, students walking through and they seem really excited, which... I mean, if you can get housing anywhere in this area, you probably should be excited. Um, and for the past couple months, I, I've been waiting on it, but I was kind of like just trying to see how things would keep transpiring. And in the past few weeks, CORE has made a move to get rid of um, even more of us by offering them buyouts, but not good buyouts, like not enough for them to really comfortably be able to move to a new apartment and survive. And sadly, many of us, like basically everyone that moved, they, they couldn't handle it anymore. The emotional strain. It sounds really basic when you're just talking about like banging on the, the doors, stuff falling off shelves, like whatever you deal with. It. It's not. It's so much worse than that when it's 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. But then when you go to sleep at night, you still dream about it and you've, you're constantly lost, not sure where you're going to live, when you're going to be forced to move, if you're going to be forced to move. So, yeah, in the past couple weeks, our numbers went down a lot because people just had to get out. And it frustrated me because it should have never happened this way. And on top of that, seeing the new students touring, people need to know about this place. And they need to also know that we have a tennis association still here, still formed. We're not leaving. Many of us will be here for at least another year. And we want to make sure anyone else that moves here knows, hey, you know, this person's rent 1700 Why is your rent 3800 We want to make sure that any of these shady things that CORE tries to do they're, they, they know that they have a community and some type of protection for it because this, I mean, they're not going to stop. They're, they, they will do anything they can because they're a billion dollar company and they've gotten away with it 30 to 40 times already. So, yeah. So I guess the, the, the main, the main reason I posted it was just because I, we kind of finally came to a head of, okay, we are going to be here. Let's make sure we can get as many people as possible informed about their rights as tenants, as well as 
how horrible this landlord has been to all of us. And your efforts to publicize this are really incredible. And it's so important because it's not just, obviously, it's not just for potential tenants with core spaces. It's like for everybody living in Isla Vista. Yeah, thank you. It's, I mean, anyone can, can form a tenants union um, and it gives you a lot more power to fight back in the future. If you ever get a notice on your door saying you're evicted or being evicted, remember it's it's not an eviction notice. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a notice. It means nothing until they go file an unlawful detainer. I would tell everyone after having come through this so many times now, those notices are meant to scare you until you get to that UD stage. Stay. If you want to stay in your apartment, stay there. And even if you do get to the UD stage, there's so many ways to keep your home, especially if you're being renovated. That was Sam Sapizi of the Core Spaces Tenant Association. Thanks for listening. With KCSB News, I'm Joyce Chi. That was an important update on run evictions at CBC and the sweeps in Isla Vista. Core Spaces has not yet responded to requests for interviews or comments, but we'll let you know if they do. If stories like this are important to you, donate to KCSB FM today. Speaking of stories, Kelly, you joined KCSB News this quarter. I'm wondering what has been a favorite story or standout story you've worked on so far? Hmm. Well, I've only done a few stories but I definitely enjoy them all. But I think the first interview I did, this Beatlemania interview. That was, was really good. Yeah, thank you. I just have to say, you were like so poised and professional. I was like so impressed for that being your first interview because my first interview was like, it was not good. But you were really, you were really good. It was, you seemed like such a natural. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was definitely, I feel like it helped because it's like you're talking about the Beatles uh, and it's like, unless you hate the Beatles, um, it's a, vaguely easy thing to talk about especially with two people who are like obsessed so it was it was kind of it was awesome that's that is awesome and you are currently enrolled in social 91 that's a class that students can take to receive credit for reporting with kcsb news sports or or archives but you've already surpassed your requirements but you're still doing such great work and turning in such great work what keeps you coming back to kcsb news I mean, it's definitely, like, what I want to do in the future. So it helps that, like, it was kind of just worked out that I could get credit for something that I was already, like, trying to figure out how to begin doing because it was a little intimidating at first. But everyone is so sweet and helpful here. And it was just so fun to, like, just jump in and start doing stories on things that I'm passionate about or interested in and getting to learn new skills. So it's been really great. But, yeah, I'm working on other stories now. But here's a new interview for tonight. I recently talked to representatives from UCSB's student-run organization, Life of the Party, which advocates for safe partying in Isla Vista. The group is hosting a dodgeball tournament this weekend, so I spoke with some of LOTP members about what's to be expected for the event. Hi, it's so great to chat with you all about Life of the Party. I'm Kelly, and I'd just love to ask you about what your organization's all about and the upcoming event. First question, would you all just like to tell a bit about yourselves and what LOTP is about? Yeah, of course. Thank you for having us, by the way. Um, I'm Carly. This is Desiree. And we're both interns um, for Life of the Party, which is a student-led organization under the Alcohol and Drug Program. Um, And we advocate for harm reduction and safe partying. Um, We know students are going to party 
um, in Isla Vista, but we just want to offer them the resources for them to do it safely. Some of what we do, we do a lot of tablings on campus and on-campus events. Um, we give out harm reduction tools such as cups that show the standardized drink measurements. And we also have a campaign called Just Call 911, and we give out these key tags. Um, you can see them when we table on campus. Um, they're little yellow key tags, and they show the warning signs for alcohol poisoning and drug overdose. Fun fact about those, if you take them to certain Isla Vista restaurants, they'll give you a discount. We also give out some pamphlets, um, do some activities while tabling, and we also have uh, another program under the alcohol and drug program called GDFR, Gouches for Recovery, and they hand out Narcan and fentanyl test strips. Amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you guys kind of talked about how you know that parting is going to happen and you just want to do harm reduction, which is incredible. So just a little bit more about that. What's your main objective or mission in the effort to keep UCSB and IV community safe and educated? Yeah, so our main mission is just to offer as much resources and education as much as we can um, to students on campus. A lot of what we do, we're peer educators, so we'll go to different classes and give presentations on um, how to party safely. Um, so that's a big aim of what we try to do, and we really just try to get our message out to the students on campus. Yeah, and we also post on our Instagram weekly with party safety tips. So if students want to follow that, they can also go to our Instagram. It has a lot of details on how to um, safely party. Amazing. What's your guys' Instagram? Um, UCSB LLTP. Okay, perfect. Okay, so um, you guys have an upcoming dodgeball tournament coming up on Saturday, February 24th. What can be expected for this event and how can people sign up? Okay, yeah, so... Actually, sign-ups are all full now, which is really great for the event. Um, so basically, it takes place at Robertson Gymnasium, and um, there's going to be basically a bunch of different teams, and they're all going to just do the brackets, so that way that they're... Yeah, it's a tournament, sorry. <laughs> it's a tournament, so um, basically, like, we're going to give out prizes for winners, and we're also going to have a fun halftime show and a Kahoot, and if you come and you participate in the Kahoot, you can also win prizes. Okay, perfect. That sounds great. Saturday, February 24th. Check-in is at 6.30 p.m., but games will go until probably like 11 or 12. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's amazing, and I hope that everyone can join you guys. Do you guys have any final thoughts or information that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, so we actually have a raffle that if you repost our most recent Instagram story um, advertising um, the dodgeball tournament, you get entered into a raffle to win one month free unlimited core power yoga, which is really exciting. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing to add, um, we really want to highlight our newsletter called The Weekend that we post um, every week on our Instagram. And we offer alternative events to partying um, that are happening on and off campus. In case students are interested in that, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram to follow that. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you for having us. Of course. And with KCSB News, I'm Kelly Durock. This is Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. You still have time to donate to KCSB FM 91.9 during our annual fun drive. Call 805-893-2424. That's 805-893-2424 right now. And when you offer your donation of any amount, you can be assured that you're keeping independent, educational, community-based radio alive on the Central Coast. We're closing in on our final few days of Fun Drive, and since it started last week on Valentine's Day, 
We are so close to $18,000, but we would love to get to $20,000 today. If my math is correct, that means it only takes 20 people to donate $100. Will you be one of those 20, dear listener? We sure hope so. Our theme, this is Inside Isla Vista. Our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. I'm Kelly Durock. And I'm Joyce Chi. Remember to call 805-893-2424 or visit kcsb.org slash donate to support our 2024 fund drive. Thank you for listening to 91.9 FM KCSB.